This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, everyone, and now we're back to our class on the creation of the world, the Kabbalah series. Um, we are now holding by the uh, this the de- I don't know how to say it, the uh, gradations of filtering of the light, the infinite light of God, and. We discuss the four worlds, we discuss how each world works, um, and what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about uh, a couple more relation related things, like for example, um, uh, maybe specifically what we'll cover is that the, um, I mean there's just a lot to it, I don't know what to say. Look, it's, we talked about the one light breaking into ten, okay? And then, you know, and then that shooting into uh, the, you know, the one-to-one, the one-to-one relationship with Asiya. Okay, you also have God's name, Yud and Hey, and Vav and Hey. Okay, also have God's name. You also have the different levels of the Neshama. Okay, the different levels in the Shema are Nefesh. I should probably use English. Nefesh. And you have uh, Ruach. Chaya, uh, sorry, Neshama. You have Yechida. Okay, we also have from that Sorry, not Yechida, that's Chaya. Okay, Yechida's beyond that. That's why the language one. Okay, but you also have Jewish prayer. We start every morning with the sacrifices. Let's call it the offerings. You notice, have you guys noticed in the prayer book, we start with the offering? Then we say Kaddish. Kaddish sends it up the worlds. You know how we answer Kaddish? Yehesh me rabba me barach la'alam lomel maya. What's the word olam mean? Universe. Great. Yeah, or worlds. Lo'olam lomel maya means the three levels of worlds. Meaning, may God's name be made great both in the world of Asiya. In the world of Asiya, the Olam, Ulo Olmei, Yitzira, Omaya, is Buria. Okay. Is that Silus? There's a world I didn't mention, but whatever it's called. Adam Kadmon. We're not going to discuss. Okay, so you say we say the offerings every morning in synagogue. We say all the offerings, which are all very much of this world. You're offering real stuff, you know, vegetable, flower offerings, oils, and you have. Uh, uh, you also have actually minerals because you salt the offerings, and just the incense is mineral incense offering. It. I know it starts as vegetation, but. It, so ultimately the aroma that's going up in the form of, I don't know what you call smoke, carbon, what do you call smoke? 
it's going up in smoke. Gas is from. I don't know what it is. What is smoke? Carbon. Is it carbon? It's like ash, just a lighter form of it, I guess. So, thank you very much. So, the uh, so that goes up. Um, that's mineral. That's like one of the holiest of all because it's smell and it's ethereal. You know, it's a gas or it's a whatever it is, carbon. And um, and then is the uh, also animals obviously are sacrificed or offered. And then we say anyway we say kaddish. So when we say Kaddish, we're actually saying we're taking all of the world of Asiya and we're, we want God's name to be great in that and then we move it up. So Kaddish is really an elevator, an escalator to the next world. When you hit that next world, it's called Pesuke de Zimra. Pesuke de Zimra. You know these things, Reese, at all? And you guys doing daily prayer at this point? Yeah. yeah. So it's called Pesukah de Zimra. And Pesukah de Zimra are Psalms of King David, which are the, um, they're all from the level of Yitzirah. And what's happening is the, let's just say its function is to do Psak and Zim, Zimra and Zimura. Psak means to cut meaning to cut with evil. Zimra is to prune. You're not uprooting. So what does it mean? I'm trying to connect to God. I want to say Shema. Shema is going to be over here. But I need to build up to saying Shema. What would get in the way of me loving God? Love yourself. Love yourself. Yeah. What gets me in the way of loving God is I love other things. I love things of the matrix. I love things in this world. You understand? When I get to Shema, I'm supposed to be on the level of, of like totally loving God when I get to Shema. That's it. That's called a pure love. We have a word, we, a sentence we say, Purify our heart to serve you for real. Because what, it mean, what does it mean? If my heart has already been like a pie, if my heart has been divided into like, you know, well, I love God, you know, but I love my wife, and I love my kids, and I love my car, and I love my bike, and I love my stereo system, and I love my concerts, and I love my lunches, and I love my, you know, beer, and I love, you understand? Like, that's what it means, purify our hearts to serve you in truth. Meaning, take the part of loving God and just make it the whole pie. And the whole thing is, I love the creator of the universe, and I have a wife whom I love. But it's all vis-a-vis the creator who gave her to me. I have children whom I love, but it's all totally vis-a-vis the fact that God gave me these children. I love my bike, but it's vis-a-vis God gave me that. I love my car, and I love this music and that beer. But like, when when you take a cold sip of Guinness, that very first sip of frothy Guinness, you're, you're, thank God there's such a thing in this world. It's a function of my love of God that I drink that Guinness. 
By the way, who wants to meet for uh, stout after shooting uh, Some takers? Great. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. That's too early for you guys. Six fifteen. Can you get there in fifteen minutes? Ouch. I'm actually flying back to Los Angeles. You guys are a bunch of losers, man. In town. I on the way into home I often get a get a stout. So anyway, let me know if you guys want to meet up. Okay, you're going to LA? Do you want to be from Los Angeles? What? Do you want to be from Los Angeles? Do you want to be in How long are you gonna be there? I'll be there for a day and want a trip ten days and I'll be back in LA. Yeah, there's two things I want badly. Mountain bike action magazine, MBA, mountain bike action. And it's and it's very easy to transport. Try not to wait till you get to the airport in case they're out. And the other is uh, is um, bike. B I K E, and that's it. Doesn't say anything else. Bike. Just bike. bike. Magazine as well. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll get your address after the it's off, and we'll, I'll ship it to you. I'm not gonna be back in Israel. What? Yeah. You don't have to ship them to me. Forget it. I thought you were coming back. Do I want to? I'm going to bench them back by then. This year. I ship Let's get back to our program. Okay. <laughs> don't ship me bike magazines, please. You want to ship me some from LA? My goodness. Okay. Do you know how many people are coming from America always? I thought you were 10 days. You are oh, no, no, coming back. Pesuke de Zimra means to cut and to prune my heart's attachments. You see, we're like Spider-Man. We're like shooting out, I love this, and I love that, and I love this, and that, and you find yourself all tangled up. And that's what happens, by the way, throughout the years. You get so tangled up in the things you're into that when it comes to Rosh Hashanah time, you kind of dread that you have to have two days in shul because... You know, I don't spend two days on my bike. I don't spend two days listening to my favorite tunes. I don't spend two days doing nothing. And God's only one slice of the pie. How am I supposed to spend two days on this? Because we all got ourselves so tangled up in a web of the things we love. The point is to purify that. You can have all those things. Just, it's all a function of your love of God. So, unattached. Cut off the webbings that have attached you and blinded you to your true desire. And by the way, it is your true desire. Your true desire is to connect with God. If you have that, you have everything. If you're connected to God, then nothing positive nor perceived negative gets in your way. You're all set if you're connecting to God. Okay, And you can have your fancy house and your fancy car and your fancy wife and your fancy kids. Connected to God, you're connected. You can have it or you cannot have it. You're connected to God, you have everything. So, what, why is one the function of cutting and the other the function of rooting, of uh, pruning? It's because the things you love, you notice that some of the things you love are forbidden? You have to cut those out. Those are out. Okay? Things you love that are forbidden are out. Things you love that are permitted are pruned. What does it mean to prune them? It means I need to adjust how I relate to them. I have to adjust how I relate to those particular things. 
Like, for example, Josh, music, permitted or forbidden? Let's say it's dignified, fine music, permitted or forbidden. It's permitted. So I don't have to cut it out of You have to cut music out of your life? No. I have to, but I have to prune it, maybe get the stuff that's a little more violent and swearing and sexual. Maybe I do have to cut that out. That's messing me up. That would be pruning. Because I love my love of God is more important than me getting trashed by this style of music. So that would be pruning. I don't have to get music out. Okay? Lobster. I love lobster. Prune or cut? Cut. That's a cut. Okay? Okay, so that's it. That's life in general, is cutting what's forbidden and pruning what's permitted. Pruning means readjusting your settings and how you relate to it. To make sure your kavana, your your motives are pure in your relationship to that particular thing. And the best way to test whether your motives are pure in that particular thing is if it were taken away, how would you do? Understand? I mean, obviously anyone's going to do not so well for a few hours if their car got the car stereo got taken. It's definitely going to affect them for a few hours. Uh, but you know you're really holy if you're just like, well, there you have it. Guess I've lost contact with that. Meaning, it could, uh, there's a belief in Kabbalah that everything you have has this, everything in the world has a spiritual counterpart. It wouldn't be here. We've discussed that, right? Everything in this world has a spiritual counterpart in uh, a one-to-one counterpart in Yitzhak. So, I'm also spiritual, so I spiritually had something to do with that car stereo. That car stereo is, is mine. I don't want to use me anymore because I don't lose my car stereo from saying all this. The, uh, one's car stereo is his car stereo. They are connected spiritually. But what can happen is that particular stereo, car stereo can lose its connection to him. He's done with it. At which point, you know, he may come back to his car and find it gone. So the way we verify whether you still have a connection, there's a way to verify. Let's say you lose something, and this is more for lost topics. If someone loses something, and he wants to verify whether he still has the soul connection to it or he does not, um, well, obviously, if it comes back, he has a soul connection to it. If it doesn't come back, it's no longer connected. So we have two things we say that will actually bring back your lost object if you still relate to it. One thing is, uh, one thing is, uh, you say, may the God of Mayer, Mayer was a, one of our sages, may the God of Mayer answer me. And you say that three times. You say it in Aramaic. And if you say it three times, the third time you pop a coin in Sadaka, it'll be there. You'll find it. Or someone will return it to her, or something miraculous will happen. You guys want a great example of that? I was studying in a, in a uh, kolo, Hasidic yeshiva kolo, in um, a town called Harnof on the other side of Jerusalem. And that day I had a new hat. So I put my hat box, it was in a box, I put the hat box by the coffee tea room. Anyway, I was studying and I looked over every once in a while at my hat box, just a new hat, it's always nice to get something new. And except one of the times I looked over, it was gone. I'm like, oh man. 
crazy. So I start searching all over for my hat box. I can't find it. So the Rosh Kolel said maybe maybe the, the Russian janitor threw it in the garbage. He thought it was because it was next to the garbage. Maybe he thought it was garbage. So I go outside to the dumpster and I look inside the dumpster and I don't see my hat box. It was one of these giant dumpsters. I, but I realized inside that dumpster is a beautiful leather briefcase. It's strange. We're going to the dumpster. I break out, bring out the briefcase, open it up, and it's full of all kinds of very serious documents, checkbooks, and all kinds of stuff. And it, obviously, the checks have the address on them, which is right down the block. I went down the block to that home and knock on the door. This man looks panicked, answers the door, and I said, "What is it?" I, I said, "Is this your stuff?" He says. Yes, it is. How did you get it? What? Like, what are you doing with this? And and I said, I I told my story. He says that's amazing. He said because they what had happened was he had been broken into his house on the side of the forest, a nice villa. It was broken into by the forest side, and they had taken all his exterior and everything, all his hi-fi stuff. But they also took this briefcase. So all the other stuff was replaceable except for these documents. So he decided to say, may the God of Mare answer me three times, having his briefcase in mind, and then gave it tzedakah. And we figured out the time that that was exactly when I looked over my hat was gone. And I went and pulled his briefcase out of the dumpster. It was just bizarre. And I went back up to my... Anyway, we met each other. He was so thankful. I went back to the yeshiva. And I look, and there's my hat box right next to the garbage in the coffee tea room. It was right there. Yeah. There you have it. Okay? So, anyway, there's a lot of great stories like that. A lot of great stories. You can even do it for stolen articles, because you never know what they do with it. Sometimes they just dump it. Uh, my chavrusa just had... Uh, a car was broken into. Um, he lost his backpack with his tefillin in it and everything and uh, it was stolen and he said you know the, the famous line may the god of Mary answer me three times put in the coin having his backpack in mind and uh, and then it was like a while later he gets a phone call from a rabbi in a synagogue uh, saying you know we've uh, we've got your tefillin here they're so soaking wet. They'd been out all night, but whoever stole them just threw this filling out the window of his car, and they were fine. They turned out to be fine. Yeah, they weren't soaking wet. They were damp from a night of rain. I don't know. Cool stuff, huh? Okay, so that's Suka de Zimra. Cutting the forbidden love. Getting your heart whole with loving God and pruning the permitted love. Okay? Then there's another elevator. We say Kaddish and we move our way up to Shema and its blessings. Shema and its blessings. By the way, I want to mention in Pesukah de Zimra, if you'll notice, it talks about things like, like non-human objects praising God. The stars are praising God. The earth is praising God. The sea creatures are praising God. The animals are praising It's like, hello, when's the last time you saw any of these things praising God? What is King David talking about? Is he uh, you know, hallucinating? 
The answer is, is where is this, where is Pesukah de Zimmer going on? Yitzira. In Yitzira. Meaning, the, yeah, down here the cow doesn't praise God, but the angelic form is always looking at the, the light of Hashem, which is saying, be a, be a sheep, let's say, for example. Be a sheep. So it's shooting down. What's happening is a conduit, just like the electricity. You know, the electricity, when the electricity that's powering this light, for example, right now, is, is, I know it's instantaneous to the naked eye, but, but there is a current where it's here, and now it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here, and now it's in the light, and giving us light. There's a current. It's just lightning fast, right? That current, meaning to the point where it'll be probably no time. If they shut off the power plant, I, I don't know how much time would lapse. There would be a time lapse, but it probably wouldn't even be discernible to our eyes that this light would go out. So too, the angelic forms that are bringing things from light to physicality, when they shoot down these beams, they're beaming at the speed of light. They're just shooting. And, and they're, you know what it's made of? It's made of thousands, billions upon billions upon trillions of, of spiritual beings called malachim. And the word malach means messenger. And it's translated as angels in English, but we're going to call them malachim. So what happens is, let's say it's one beam that's ultimately going to make a sheep. So what's it doing? The, the malach, all it wants to do is see the light. Remember our mouse farming? They're like connected to the light. All they want to do is see the light. So they're looking up towards the light of Hashem. But what's the second they look up to the light of Hashem, you know what it says? You know what it says? It says sheep. So you know what then that malach does? Sheep. Next malach. Sheep, he wants to see the light, but he gets sheep. Sheep, sheep. It's, but it's faster than electricity. It's faster than the electric current. The uh, Ezekiel, the prophet, remember we mentioned that Ezekiel's chariot is how God runs creation? He called it the speed of lightning, Barak. You know why? Not because it's that fast. It's much faster. It's just that that was the only term that he knew of something physical that moves fast. So that was like the fastest thing he could think of to call it. So he called it Barak. But it's really endlessly faster. That the angel's going straight to the other, you know, rain, rain, or H2O, H, or just O, really. O, 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 and another one's saying H, H. You know, shooting it down. That's why you'll notice in our prayers, it says, One says to the other. And they give each other permission. It's all just this one given to that one given to this one. Back and forth all the way down the line until we're created here. So when King David's talking about things that we think of in this world, praising God, he's actually talking about Yitzhira. He's talking about these angelic forms of the physical manifestations. That... All they do is praise Hashem all day. Okay, when they praise Hashem, they get told to be a sheep, so he's a sheep. So it's a sheep angel. But its job is just to quake before the light. It can't do anything but shake before the light of Hashem. Angels have two tasks. One is quaking before the light and shooting it down, down the system. Shaman's blessings is the, um, 
all about the higher level angels. You'll notice that things get very ethereal when you're saying Shema and its blessings. Because now it's already the higher level angels doing their thing. And then we say Shema, we can't uphold into that oneness and loving Hashem and He loves us and getting there. And then, and then we break away without even a Kaddish, we break away into the silence of Shemona Esrei. Which is again, that's, that's, that's the Yud, that's Atsilus, that's oneness. So you feet together because there's no free will. You're no longer in this world. No voice, absolute whisper. Only you're allowed to hear it. And some hold even not even to hear it. It's total silence. Total silence. And preferably the eyes closed. If you don't know it, then you use the prayer book, but not putting your eyes on anything else. It is absolute oneness. Shema. Sorry, uh, Shemone Esther. After Shemone Esther, we then come back down. Each Kaddish now is going to bring us down a level, down a level, down a level, until we just spray it all into, back into a Sia. We spray everything we asked for in Shemone Esther into a Sia. And we radiate it down now, radiate it down to the world. And then finally we say, Elena Lashabeah, which just... Is God's kingship should be in, even in the dark side, and all the dark side should be wiped away. The whole second paragraph is about the dark side being wiped away, and then a final Kaddish. And then, that, now we're saying, Le'olam Umei we're bringing it all down. Got it? Okay, so from now on, Baruch Hashem, we finally made it, where all we're going to do is focus on these ten spheros, which are going to be called the ten spheros of personality, to discover exactly what's our Garden of Eden sphere. Each one of us has a particular Garden of Eden sphere, which comes with an occupation, who you should marry, what kind of woman you should marry, uh, the kind of things you'd be interested in, and to really get yourself in sync with who you are so that you're manifesting in the best way. Shalom, everyone. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.